Jesus said to his disciples, I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already blazing. There is a baptism with which I must be baptized, and how great is my anguish until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to about to establish peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, a household of five will be divided, three against two and two against three. A father will be divided against his son and a son against his father. A mother against her daughter and a daughter against her mother. A mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Let's begin with our prayer for vocations in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us ask God to give worthy priests, brothers, and sisters to his holy church. O God, we earnestly beseech thee to bless this diocese with many priests, brothers, and sisters who will love thee with their whole strength and gladly spend their entire lives to serve thy church and to make thee known and loved. Bless our families, bless our children. Mary, Queen of the Clergy. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. So I once again want to reiterate how grateful I am for everyone's support and love and all your kind words during this challenging time. It's uh, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that these particular readings appear at this particular time. So let's talk about them. So we know that in the recent years, we have seen Satan engage the world as never before. I mean, can we talk about the last two weeks? Uh, in, in all of human history, we've never witnessed evil promoted so effectively. While virtue and character and morals are roundly mocked and rejected. Meanwhile, it could be said that the mystical body, the church, has never been so unprepared or unengaged in the challenging mission of spiritual warfare. It's obvious that Satan's forces are well-trained and well-organized, while ours are clearly not. At the very beginnings of our nation, Sir Edmund Burke warned, all that is necessary for the triumph of evil is for good people to do nothing. And so our starting point is something we need to understand. If we want admission into Christ's elite fighting force, it begins by knowing that by our baptism, we have been commissioned by the Lord Jesus Christ to fulfill a most dramatic mission. It's the mission of saving souls. This mission cannot be accomplished without entering into conflict with the world, the flesh, and the devil. It's not a mission for the faint-hearted or for those who wish to take the wide road to heaven. It is the path of warfare and spiritual battle. Holiness, wrote Pope Benedict XVI, has its deepest root in the grace of baptism and being grafted on to the paschal mystery of Christ by which the Spirit is communicated to us, his very life as the risen Christ. 
In the Catechism, it says, Jesus Christ is the one whom the Father anointed with the Holy Spirit and established as priest, prophet, and king. The whole people of God participates in these three offices, these three offices of Christ, and bears the responsibility for mission and service that flow from them. So when I offer the sacrament of baptism, I usually like to stop at that point where I'm about to uh, rub the sacred chrism on that little child or adult, whoever it is. And I stop and I say, you're being commissioned an officer right now. This child is receiving the offices of Christ, priest, prophet, and king. Today the readings speak boldly about prophet. Bishop Barrett says about these readings, they're tough. He says, but here's the principle behind them. One that is simple to state but difficult to take in. In a world gone wrong, those who come to us speaking and embodying the truth are going to be seen as a dangerous figure and will be aggressively opposed. And so he says about what makes a prophet. A lot of times when we hear the word prophet, we think of someone who can predict the future. That's not really what it means. It's someone who boldly speaks the truth, courageously speaks the truth in a world gone wrong, when they know they'll be aggressively opposed. The prophet Jeremiah in our first reading. Jesus said, you think that I've come to bring peace? No, division. What does that mean? Bishop Barron says, a prophet is someone who speaks for God. Their task is to speak God's word, in season and out, whether the word is popular or not. It means you should be a reader of theology and spirituality that you might, as St. Peter put it, give a reason for the hope that is in you. We're living in a time when religion is under attack. If someone challenged you, could you give a reason for the hope that it's in you? Pope Leo XIII said to be a prophet means we are born for combat. To re and this is a quote from him, to recoil before an enemy or to keep silence when from on all sides such clamors are raised against truth is the part of a man either devoid of character or who enter entertains doubts as to the truth of what he professes to believe. The only ones who win when Christians stay silent, he says, are the enemies of truth. The silence of Catholics is particularly disturbing because frequently a few bold words would have vanquished the false idea. Christians are, Leo continues, born for combat. It is a part of their nature to follow Christ by espousing unpopular ideas and by defending the truth at great cost to themselves. St. Thomas Aquinas went as far as to say, he who is not angry when there is just cause for anger is immoral. Why? Because anger looks to the good of justice. And if you can live amid injustice without anger, you are immoral as well as unjust. Close quote. Remember Jesus said, Do you think that I've come for peace? No, I tell you, but division. 
The narrative of those who want us to stand down, who want us to be silent, is don't be divisive. Have they read the word of God? Jesus knew we'd be opposed, greatly opposed, if we dare speak the truth. If we speak what our church teaches and warn against false teachings that are captivating our loved ones. They're being drawn away from the arms of God. My, my great thought in the last few weeks and months has been, and it, and it always has been, but to a greater degree now, is do we really love them? Do we love our loved ones, even our neighbors? Love them enough that we want them to be with God for all of eternity. We can't make up our own religion. If the church teaches that this is a sin and you will be excluded from heaven, if you don't repent and change your ways, you will go to hell. I love them enough to say, I don't want you to go to hell. I don't want you to go to hell. And so you know what? i got to speak a truth that's uncomfortable, that will make me unpopular. So what? I don't want you to go to hell. In a column entitled, The Battle is Engaged, Choose Sides, Monsignor Charles Pope wrote, The words shock, but they speak a truth which sets us aside sets aside worldly notions of compromise and coexistence with evil. In order for there to be true peace, true holiness, and true victory over Satan, there must be distinction, not equivocation. There must be clarity, not compromise. Fire and water do not mix. One hears the conflict when they come together of hissing and popping and searing and steaming. One must win, the other must lose. Compromise and coexistence are not possible. The Lord said back in Matthew 10, 34, that he came not for peace, but for the sword. And thus there is a kind of analogy to a surgeon's scalpel. The surgeon must wield the sword, the scalpel, to separate out a healthy flesh from that which is diseased or gangrenous, Cancerous growth cut away from that which is normal flesh. Coexistence is not ultim ultimately possible. The diseased flesh has to go. The moment one talks of coexisting with cancer or gangrenous, gangrene, the disease wins. Were a doctor to take this stance, he would be guilty of malpractice. When there is cancer or gangrene, the battle must be engaged. Do you think I've come for peace? No, division. Do you think Jesus loves saying those words? Father against son, mother against daughter. But he just knew that there are those who don't want to hear the truth to such a great extent that they will try to destroy you for daring to speak it out. They will punish you 
by separating themselves from you or whatever tactic they find. In our modern culture right now, canceling and complaining is working. And so, we see it everywhere. Monsignor Pope goes on and says, And thus the Lord in this great and cosmic battle cannot and will not tolerate a false peace based on compromise and non-critical coexistence. He has come to wield a sword to divide. Many moderns do not like it. But scripture is clear. There are wheat and tares, sheep and goats, those on the Lord's right and those on the left, the just and the wicked, the lowly and the pride, the wide road to damnation and the narrow road to salvation, and those on each of them. And these distinctions, these divisions extend into our very families, unfortunately. This is the battle. And there are two armies, two camps. No third way is given. Jesus says elsewhere, whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. These are tough readings, but they speak to our call to be prophets. We were commissioned as prophets when the chrism oil of anointing came upon us in baptism. It takes courage to be a prophet, to speak the truth when we'd rather avoid conflict at any cost. Unfortunately, there are those people in the world. To a false peace based on compromise, allowing our loved ones to coexist with evil as if it's just normal. It's the new normal. It's the new way. As those who should speak never do. Or they punish those who do. This is where we're at. I want to end by saying I am hopeful. I am. I mean, can we get more horrified by the the rapid advance of evil in our times and the violence in canceling or punishing persecuting anyone who dares stand up against evil and wants this church this country this world to live and dwell in truth can we be more horrified? I'm not a great historian, but you can take a gentle glance at the history of, of the church, of, of our world, and see this is the way it's always gone. It begins by a gentle intrusion, almost unseen, almost unnoticeable, until it's almost completely taken over. And then the aggression comes. The nauseous uh, arrogance of evil that says, you sit down and you shut up. We're in charge. 
and watch what we'll do to you if you dare stand against us. That's where we are. This is not about politics. This is about an historic tyranny that is ushering in the worst evils in the history of civilization. Yes, we have long passed Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't want fireballs from heaven. I don't want my loved ones to go to hell. Are we going to be prophetic or not? Are we going to stand with the prophets of our church? And don't let them be destroyed. Well, we're supposed to be mild and kind. Do you think I'm comfort peace? No, I'm comfort and vision. Where's the mildness in that statement? Or any that we've seen in the last few weeks? Woe to you, Corazon! Woe to you, Bethsaida! It's going to be worse for you than it was for Sodom and Gomorrah. Where's the kindness? But you know what's there? Love. Love. He doesn't want us to go to hell. And so he'll shout from the rooftop, Beware! Look what the devil's doing. Look how he has captivated our loved ones. Well, we need to stand back and be mild and not say anything. Are you kidding me? We need to do a heart check. How much do we love those loved ones? Have we duped ourselves into believing I can make up my own religion? Even though all of salvation history, sacred scripture, sacred tradition, the, the catechism, the Catholic Church, everything says, teaches otherwise. You know what? I can go ahead and make up my own religion and they're going to go to heaven. No, they're not. No, they're not. Do you love them? Like a parent loves a child and says, shakes that child and says, you can't think that way. You can't do that. It, it's going to harm you. This is the way you need to do it. That's what a prophet does. Born for combat. We're at a tipping point. Watershed moment, whatever you want to call it. We're at a tipping point. Some believe comets or whatever equivalent to it are coming. I'm not going to go there. I still have hope in us. I do. That we will rise up. That we will accept our commission to be priest, prophet, and king. That we have been anointed by the Holy Spirit to do. That we will push back on this evil. And it will not win any longer. My brothers and sisters, let's keep hope alive. Let's love. Let's actually love. Enough that we don't want our loved ones to go to hell. Let's actually love. Not with words, but with a heart pounding to save souls. Save souls. They need to know the light of truth. Even 
life, it's going to be tough to do so. That's our call. And so, I'll end with just this. This morning I was up on the tower again on Blue Mounds. This is also the feast of St. Maximilian Kolbe. This is a first-class relic of Maximilian Kolbe. A little picture of him there. This is a person who stood for the truth. He even had publications against anti-Nazi publications. He was under a great watch. Boy, do I know that feeling. For standing up against the Nazi regime. Oh, wait a minute. The Nazi political party. At some point, we need to set our excuses aside and do what we know in our heart is right and stand up against this historic tyranny. Yes, I believe what we're going through right now is worse than Nazi Germany. He used every form of new media he could, that's what he's best known for, to get the truth out. Why? Because he loved. No, no, don't accept those lies. They were being conditioned to follow with the Nazis. Yeah, go fill the clothes cattle cars with Jews and bring them over to that concentration camp because that's the new norm. And he's going, no! Unjustly imprisoning people? Well, geez, that's politics. No, it's not. It's prophetic. And he, along with other clergy that were seen as dangerous and a threat to the Nazi regime, were put in concentration camps and he was incinerated. He's the patron saint of the United States Grace Force for that. For standing up as boldly as he did for the truth. So this morning, atop that tower, he, I prayed the consecration prayer that he wrote. And I prayed for all of you. Tomorrow, my brothers and sisters, starts a 54-day Rosary Novena called Novena for Our Nation. The petition is for strength and unity for our church and the protection of the family and our nation. Realize this, if that isn't enough impulse for you to join, I have heard now countless stories of people when they add their private attentions and pray with 80 to 100,000 people that things start to happen. Let that be an incentive for you. Please, please, please join us. We start with prayer. That's the priest. We're courageous to speak openly the truth. That's the prophet. We live as an example of light and love and joy and peace to the world. That's the king. We're leading by example. We can't preach what we're not actually wanting to practice. And so, my brothers and sisters, please join us. Our Lady, Queen of Peace, pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.